It's time for episode 481 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where winter is coming. My name is Dan Morton, and I am joined across this vast internet of ours by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, the one, the only, the amazing Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? Dan, I'm coming to you from the middle of a blizzard. At least I've got this big jacket on, but uh, I'm ready for this podcast. Don't, don't blow I'm away, Micah. Don't blow oh, away. No. Oh, God. Oh, is... Ah! Oh, well, three people, three tech topics. Three <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> uh, to my left this week, it is the Shortcuts Maven himself. It is Mr. Matthew Castanelli. Welcome back, Matthew. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. And to my left, it is host of many a podcast all around Rabble Rouser and uh, tech knowledgeable. It's Kelly Gamont. Hello, Kelly. <laughs> Hi. Um, are we sure Matthew's actually here or did he just send a series of shortcuts in his <laughs> <laughs> We just, yeah, actually, uh, Dan and I have to kind of alternate between pushing the next one, depending on what the other person has asked uh, oh, okay. Matthew. And so then, yeah, depending on that, that will generate the response using OpenGPT, which exactly. will then be... Uh, turned into the proper response that Matthew needs to provide. Whether or not it's accurate, I cannot vouch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let me kick things off today. There was some news uh, from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman uh, yesterday as we record this that Apple is considering opening up its walled garden and allowing for third-party app stores and possibly side-loaded apps. Lots of question marks around this, but I'm curious to know do you feel like this is something you would take them up on? Would you be out there installing third-party app stores or sideloading apps on your phone should this come to pass? Uh, Matthew, what do you think? I mean, I think the immediate answer for me is probably if it has shortcuts, I probably will. <laughs> but the more serious answer, I'm not totally keen on the app store part. Although sideloading, I think like totally I'll download beta type apps or stuff that isn't maybe on the edge and people aren't sure yet or something like that. But I saw a good thread from uh, Riley's Tut, or that's at least his, I don't, that's his username. Uh, but he runs the alt store and he's been a big advocate in this area. And he's kind of like, there could be multiple app stores where somebody like Epic pays a developer to leave the real app store and go to theirs. And then you kind of are, he was saying like, you you'll end up having multiple app stores just for the same apps that you already have and kind of painted that picture as like something not desirable, even as someone who runs his own app store. So I thought it was a pretty interesting take like sideloading. I'm down for third party app stores. I don't want to see this like weird intercompetition and like developers like this is weird because I, I love set app, but I just imagine set app taking away those apps from other parts of the app store and only being available in setup and i was like oh that doesn't sound good not that they would do that necessarily but who knows it could it's a whole other game as a person who helps other people with their technology i i don't feel good about this because i am worried about people having more of an opportunity to download uh bad things onto their phone where 
Yes, I, I, you know, this is where people shout, but even in the app store, there are scams. True. There are scams in the app store. However, on the whole, I know that the apps that I'm recommending and the links uh, to the apps that I am sharing with people are the apps that I'm expecting uh, them to be able to install and for those apps to be kind of vetted. But, you know, I know that the same one that I have on my phone that I then recommend to someone is going to be the same app. Whereas when I go on the Google Play Store, because I have a Pixel 6, and when I uh, look in the App Store for an app related to maybe a smart home device that I purchased... I always end up going to the website and looking uh, on the website of that um, that that smart home product and making sure that the link is the same, that it's going to the same app. There's all this extra work that I do to make sure that it's safe. And that is still within a pretty walled garden of the Google Play Store. So I can't imagine being even less of a walled garden with this third party app thing. And that's that's where I come in with concern. And I wonder, you know, how this is going to be implemented with, is it going to be kind of a toggle and you can either have it on or have it off, in which case then I will be recommending for people not to turn it on and and gain access to that. And I just, yeah, it all makes me very nervous. Kelly, what about you? Uh, Mostly a combination of what you and Matthew said. Uh, It would depend whose app store it was. The problem is, you know, like Matthew said, and like you said, with splitting all of that up, where did that version come from? And how does that version interact with other things I have on my device already? So, oh, there's only a bug if you got it from X app store and not from the Apple app store. And from a support perspective, uh, you know, which is the part that resonated with me that you said, Micah, was um, if somebody, you know, now, you know, if this comes to pass and everybody just spins up their own app store, like they were all spinning up Mastodon servers a month ago, then how do I figure out what that person has and what kind of support issues does it have if you're getting a version from a different app store than you know, let's let's call it an official source. And, you know, is there going to be an approval process for that? You know, and and on and on. And like, it sounds really bad as soon as you get people involved, because absolutely Epic is going to want to do their own thing. And maybe they will be the only place that you can get that thing from them. But what if they're not? And it just gets really complicated really fast. And distributing things in those app stores just makes you a you know, if if you're not paying a lot of attention, it makes you an even bigger target for the kinds of things that go around that are making it so that people can get access to your device and get access to your data and all these kinds of things. And and it really worries me because we have no idea what uh, the review process, which is flawed even in official sources, but is better, generally better than nothing. And so I find it really, uh, I find it really concerning. Like I have no philosophical issue with getting apps from people who are not Apple and installing them on your phone or your iPad. But I feel like it's just going to cause more problems than it solves overall. I think we all agree that there is probably the devils in the details on this one, because it really is a question of why is Apple doing this and how will Apple implement it? Um, the why seems to largely be answered by the this European Union Digital Markets Act, which is coming into effect in 2024, which may make it even harder for Apple to do business the way it's been doing business, um, which is to say, <laughs> verging into the monopolistic territory if you listen to many government regulators from several different nations. I'm not opposed to this idea. You know, it's something I thought about a long time. I think fundamentally, I, I totally get the idea of problems that arise when the less technically savvy, perhaps, might end up installing things or being tricked into installing things. 
I think Apple won't want to make this the wild, wild west. And so we'll probably lay down strictures that have sort of, you know, controls on them, um, whether it's passing app review or passing some sort of policy uh, that then each store has or what have you, um, as well as burying it probably under several levels of like, are you sure you really want to turn this on? Are you really, really sure? But I think, you know, the Mac, which has been around for four decades, has succeeded admirably in a world where you can install stuff from pretty much any sources. And the Mac itself obviously has protections for those. It doesn't allow that necessarily right out the box. There's notarization required, all this stuff. And I think it provides a model that may be successful when it comes to the iPhone and the iPad. But I do think this at this point if nothing else i think adding the additional ways to get apps and possibly third-party app stores does provide competition for apple and that is something that is sorely needed in this department because google google's not doing it on its own i think having more venues for getting apps makes uh, apple have to get their app store business better and if you know certainly talking to developers who are out there i think a lot of people would agree that they could stand a little bit of that so i am tentatively in favor of this uh, as i'm sure we all are with the caveat that <laughs> it depends on how it's implemented so we'll see if this comes to pass but thank you all for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic which comes from matthew so matter is beginning it's slow long rollout um, <laughs> and i just saw eve has their first HomeKit products with the eve door and things like that and then also for ios users 16.2 adds the new architecture for the home map that basically enables all this to be possible so i'm curious are any of you looking for anything in particular from matter and or like any devices that you want from another manufacturer that isn't currently available I got to tell you, it was the roughest thing in the world setting up <laughs> the new architecture in home uh, in the home app. Good to know. Um, not only did it uh, result in a, like 15 ghost guest accounts appearing, um, but I was not able to um, add back one of the people that I had. And it was nightmarish in its execution. As far as uh, that, that interoperability goes, those, not something necessarily that I'll be using much of because I don't have the smart home stuff. I've already figured out how to do it in one kind of ecosystem, so I don't really need these multiple ecosystems. But for the pure sake of getting to test it out, I am excited about it. Uh, but I just need to wait because Samsung uh, Smart Things is one of the first sort of hub systems that supports it. And so if you've got that and you've got these new these Eve uh, products that will uh, soon have this matter stuff activated, then that's where you'll start to see the the play go. But as far as Amazon and Google, still waiting on those. And that is where I'll be able to get that opportunity to try it out. So that's what I'm waiting on and uh, looking forward to giving it the old college try. Uh, Kelly, what about you? Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it because it will do the thing that I have literally wanted for a decade. We moved into to the house we live in now um, about 10 years ago. And when we moved in, uh, you still very much had to pick a side. This is going to be more like I have a Blu-ray DVD player. And if I put a DVD in it, it's going to show it to me. It won't look as nice as the Blu-ray did, but it'll get the job done. And that's basically what compatible 
like what compatibility is going to be in this. And that's the thing that I'm looking forward to most is having a basic level of functionality and it doesn't matter where it came from and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who made it. And, you know, a lot of the, the hassle and the time and the, the swearing that I have done <laughs> in the name of being able to raise my arm to my hand and say, hey, lady, do the thing and have the thing happen, whether that's a light comes on or a door opens or whatever. Uh, what I actually want is uh, I want it to be more obvious. And mostly what I'm looking forward to is the most boring things like having a light switch that does this solidly or an outlet that does this solidly so that if I go around and strategically upgrade some of the ones at my house, then um, they will just be easier to use. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan. I have a ton of home stuff. I haven't really taken the matter plunge yet, but I'm excited to have the opportunity to look at stuff that just was non-starters before because my house was all home kit. And uh, well, I appreciated that. Well, it worked pretty well for me. Um, there were classes of device manufacturers that just didn't play in this particular pool. So... Not having to be selective just about like, oh, is this is this stuff that they've spent the time, you know, working with Apple to uh, enable this so that it works on HomeKit. Not having to deal with stuff like HomeBridge, which I did run for a while, but eventually sort of eliminated everything else that in my house that requires it. Um, all of that stuff I, I'm very, very bullish on. I don't know exactly what my next sort of purchase is for it. I am... Uh, I mean, uh, things like smart locks I've been looking more at and things like I was thinking just today is like, I do need probably a, a nicer doorbell in some places. So I like, you know, a smart doorbell of some kind that works with matter would be great. Um, and just as I said, you know, I, I think HomeKit, the advantage of HomeKit was that Apple was able to specify, you know, exactly kind of what we talked about in the last question with like, these are the security practices, these are the things you need to adhere to. So the, the risks of going to matter, I think, are a lot of devices that, you know, don't necessarily have to follow those restrictions. Um, but just the breadth of overall stuff, I think, is is uh, something that compensates for that in large degree. So I'm mostly excited to see if this um, 16.2's new architecture does, in fact, make stuff more reliable because... That's that's problem number one with smart home stuff is the reliability. Uh, if it's not reliable, really nothing else matters because people won't use it. So here to to see how that actually ends up playing out. Uh, Matthew, why don't you wrap us up? There's still this barrier to entry that while it's lower than it was before, it's still like whatever, like $15 a light bulb. And so I do hope that some of the cost goes down over time and we just get smaller smart home products like a good line is switchbot where they have like the little button that'll it'll press a button for you using a little physical trigger and mm -hmm. they've always done there's a ton of companies that of course this come from me they support siri shortcuts <laughs> but they don't support home um which always kind of meant they have some actions for their app, but you, and you can use it with Siri, but it's not really going to integrate into the whole smart home. And so kind of mm -hmm. bringing those little things like uh, SwitchBot also has curtains, like it can turn the curtain rod for you and raise them and lower them. And I do that about four times a day now in this new apartment that I moved into. And so having all that stuff automated with HomeKit automations and things like that is definitely what I'm looking for. All right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise. 
And this week's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Tax Expander. And uh, Micah is going to tell us a little bit more about why you should check it out. Yeah, because Text Expander rocks. That's why I love Text Expander. And uh, I'm using it alone. What's great is that it's also great for teams. Uh, when you work in a small team, you know every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to that new client you picked up. You don't want to track down the same FAQs from the company website. I can get kind of annoying too. You're constantly answering that question. So you might as well make a snippet out of it. These are the things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster. So why not use Text Expander? Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, which of course allows you to work faster, eliminate repetition, so you can focus on the other stuff that you need to be doing. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. You just type a short abbreviation, we call that a snippet, and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander, then create your chosen abbreviation and and then that text will be with you wherever you type. I love Text Expander. It's so helpful and it saved me so much time over my course of using it. And uh, I just I just think it's fantastic. So you should check it out. If repetitive typing is getting you down, well, you need Text Expander. Check out Text Expander today at textexpander.com slash clockwise. That'll get you 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash clockwise to say goodbye to repetitive typing. And of course, our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show. Now, we are back from the break and it is my topic. Uh, so I just read about this company called Do Not Pay. And this company uses AI chatbots that they kind of call like AI lawyers in the, in the sense that they have um, law knowledge. And they have been tasked and have successfully been able to lower uh, different bills for people. One of their, uh, or actually, if, excuse me, a few of their own employees, their AI chatbot talked with the AI chatbot from a cable company or an internet uh, service provider. And then, of course, I think the on the ISP side, it ended up transferring to a person, talked to that, and were able to lower the bill by like $150. Um, I am curious, what inconvenience in your life would you address with an AI chatbot? Kelly? The, well, the first thing I would do is uh, I would use it the exact same way that they did, which is to do the cable, I'm going to cancel if you don't give me a better rate dance every year. Uh, and the second thing would be to make it talk to the other answer attendants that all say that they can totally understand me and most of them cannot. And uh, and then when they're when it finally gets to an actual person, then go ahead and just buzz me and let me know that I actually need I'm, the call is done and I need to actually go talk to the person that I needed to talk to in the first place. So it would just be getting to getting to an actual person when I have to make a call, because in my day job, I do a lot of that having to um, get support for things and open tickets for things and uh, in the name of that, uh, sometimes it is really hard to get the attendant to get me to the right person. So that's what I would do. Um, for me, I think uh, the thing that I need the most of is um, if you are perhaps a homeowner and you have done a thing where you need to figure out how to get like quotes and reach out to different vendors and figure that stuff out boy oh. i hate doing that i hate doing it i don't sometimes you can go through third-party tools i find them a little bit distrust uh, weird <laughs> at times but i love the idea of a chat bot that can maybe reach out and just be like hey here's my terms i want this 
I want it for this much. See if that person will do it. Go about your business and just come back to me and tell me like whether they've, they've hit those those goals or not. Um, but anything like that where I just want the ability to not have to deal with certain you know companies or individuals that I you know unfortunately need to. And I think this would also help me procrastinating because I end up always putting off tasks like that where it's like. Oh God, I gotta go. I gotta talk to people and I gotta figure all this out and whatever. So, yeah, I need an AI that can go through and figure out who is the best person to come fix my sink or whatever or, um, you know, paint my house. I, that is what I need an AI for. Um, someone get on that stat. Matthew? I take it back. I want Dan's answer too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want a sounding board where I feel like a lot of times I have a lot of like little decisions or like creative things that I kind of know the answer to, but I don't know what I really think until I say it out loud. And so sometimes when I'm, I like talk with somebody else and then I'm like, Oh yeah, this I, I already understand what I need. And so like kind of externalizing that to like a little assistant thing. That's maybe somebody that I'm not going to like bug all day long, but it's just like, what do you really think about that? Or it's like, it also is like, hey, you made this decision an hour ago. Stop getting distracted or something like that. You know, there's a, tool, a, a term for that, right? It's rubber rubber ducking. Yeah. That's what you need. Just, you, need you need a little AI in a rubber duck. Oh, that's so cute. I have a snowman on my desk. I'll just talk oh, to him. There you go. Talk to the snowman. Yeah. Talk to the snowman because the face ain't listening. Um, I... <laughs> Love all of those answers. I would use it for, it's kind of along the lines of what Dan was talking about, just scheduling appointments in general. Um, I have cubital tunnel syndrome right now. And so basically that means that my pinky, I can't extend it fully. And also it is uh, almost entirely numb. I can't feel it because the nerve is compressed further up in my arm. And I have to go to physical therapy. But going to physical therapy involves calling the physical therapy office and setting up an appointment. <laughs> I don't want to do that part. <laughs> I'll do the physical therapy, but the part where I have to call and push a bunch of numbers and, uh, you know, figure all of that out. I don't really want to do that part. And so I can think of, you know, haircuts and, and, um, getting the, the, company that, you know, delivers water or whatever to change the process or uh, canceling a newspaper subscription or something like that. Mm -hmm. All of those would be so great for a chat bot. Uh, but I will say that one of the th things we're testing right now with this system, they've got people who uh, are going to court for having traffic tickets and they have a little earpiece in and they are using the AI to provide uh, responses to the court to sort of try and either work down the cost of the ticket or completely get the person out of the ticket. And the company's like, hey, we will, whether you win or lose, we'll pay for whatever's left of the ticket. We just want to try this out. So soon you may be joined by a chatbot in court. We'll see though. Uh, let us move on to our final show topic, which comes from Kelly. So a lot of people have all kinds of, of holiday traditions, whatever they may be. And I was wondering, what is an activity or something that you associate with holiday time that isn't necessarily a holiday thing? Like watching Christmas movies uh, would be generally something people, most people would be doing at the end of the year. But uh, for, for other sorts of things, what would uh, what is that for each of you? Holiday thing. Um, does eating count? 
That's all I do at well, the I mean, holidays. I mean, you kind of do it all the time, but like, I is there something true. in particular? Something in particular, yeah. Um, yeah. Like peanut butter uh, cookies or something. Like that's not necessarily a festive thing, but sure, you associate yeah. them with Christmas? That I, kind as- of thing. I associate ham with Christmas. I love ham. I love leftover ham. Uh, I love cold ham. I love hot ham. I'll eat ham pretty much anyway. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing for me, and this is sort of broadly speaking, is the holidays end up being a time where I, even though it's explicit, not explicitly a holiday thing, I always find that I try to like reconnect with friends and family. And like, yeah, my family, traditionally family gathering over holidays, obviously, is a very holiday-like thing. But I think it's just one of those things, too, where I hit the, you know, it's getting toward the end of the year. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, there's people I haven't seen in a long time. And so I like to use this uh, holiday time as an opportunity to reach out to people that I haven't talked to in a while and just see how they're doing and catch up. And, you know, that can be in person. It could even be online or whatever, FaceTime calls, etc. But I guess maybe it's sort of tied in with the New Year's uh you know not exactly new year's resolution but you know the idea of stuff turning over to a new year and just being like oh you know uh, i've sort of gotten out of sync and i you know all this stuff at work and it, it, it eats up all your time and so having time where you actually have time off and you're thinking more about this stuff is just a good opportunity to you know rekindle some uh friendships and stuff like that so that that's i think my my best answer matthew what about you i have a much less wholesome one but mine's just simple it's not <laughs> bad or anything it's just uh putting the fake fireplace up on the tv i've mm-hmm. been doing that since like the beginning or since thanksgiving and i'm gonna do it until it doesn't feel cold anymore but fireplace app on apple tv fantastic there's also just like 10 hour youtube videos if you want to have a second mm-hmm. monitor and i'll put it up there and i think what's hilarious is when like the sometimes we'll just because it's getting colder we have the heat a little too high and i like woke up and was like oh man the fire's too hot it's like no that's <laughs> that's fake <laughs> and i have a shortcut for it of course <laughs> <laughs> um i guess making uh making desserts so that's not technically a holiday thing mm-hmm. but i uh Typically, because I don't really eat anything that has sugar added to it. If it comes with sugar naturally, that's a different thing. But if it has sugar added to it, I don't really eat those things. So um, I do like to uh, make desserts for different, uh, you know, holiday events or birthdays or what have you. Um, So that's typically the only time when that pops up. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to go with that. Making desserts. Uh, (laughs) Kelly, why don't you round us out here? Uh, well, at my house, uh, it's Lord of the Rings. Like we watch the the original ones. Uh, well, the extended versions of the original ones uh, regularly. Uh, they're kind of always in in rotation because you, at least at my house anyway, we've watched all of them enough times that you can sit down and watch half an hour and then you know wander off for for pie. Because I don't know if you heard, but Micah made dessert, and then <laughs> um and then you know come back to it later and and you know start and stop. But uh, for some reason. In December, it's become a thing where we make like a conscious effort to watch all three of them during Chris- during like Christmas time and kind of that week between where like, you know, most people are still out of the office and there's still not a whole lot happening for a lot of folks. And so uh, when there's some downtime, we will uh, end up putting on one of those and, and working our way through all three of them. So. Yeah. They're not Christmas movies or anything. I mean, it's, or not, are they? it's not Die Hard, which is a separate <laughs> holiday tradition that I do uphold. However, uh, do not at me. Um, it's uh, <laughs> for some reason, I guess it's probably because they all came out in December. 
uh, when each of them was re- was theatrically released, they were all released in December. So maybe I guess my house has decided it's sort of associated with Christmas. And it's not like we ever sat down and talked about it. It's just sort of understood. And so that's what we end up doing. All right. Well, that is four topics down, but we've got just enough time for a bonus topic. So really quick, uh, tell me, do you prefer color or white holiday lights or are you a no lights person, Matthew? I'm going to pull the cheap card and say both the ones that you can switch depending on how you feel. But white, white ones are definitely a little fancier, it feels like. I love color lights at the holidays. <laughs> my shocked face. Let me show you it. <laughs> um, uh, my answer is like Matthew's. Yes. Um, we have many, many, many lights uh, on my house generally. Uh, I may or may not have a note called Operation Griswold in my notes for planning this extravaganza. And uh, we bought some LED ones that are app controlled. And so I can decide based on my mood whether I want them to be red or white or multicolor or flash or whatever. And they're super awesome and lots of fun to put up every year. So uh, my answer is both. I also own both, but I always pr- uh, prefer colored lights. And with you, Micah, it's the way to go. I always argue for those as a kid. And sometimes I even won. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, you can become a Clockwise mum- member. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. And we remind you that for a little bit longer, just a few more days, you can also go to giverelay.com to give the gift of Relay FM membership to someone else at a discount, or give one to yourself for 20% off too. So you know, check that out. But just until December 17th, so get going. Time is running out. In this week's Overtime Topic, we're discussing gift flops. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week, Matthew Casanelli. Thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me as always. And Kelly Gamont, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. I'm always glad to be back and talk to you guys. And Micah, we will be back next week. But until then, we remind everyone listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.